Hello everyone and welcome to the All The Anime Podcast. Today is Wednesday the 15th of April 2020 and I am joined as per usual by the ever-present Mr. Andy Hanley. Yes, I'm indeed present, as, as, as ever, apparently. <laughs> indeed, and in case I forgot to say my own name, which is sometimes useful, I am Jeremy Graves. If you are a first-time listener, thank you very much for checking us out. We are representing All The Anime, the UK's lar- largest distributor of anime within the United Kingdom, be it on home video, digital, when the world allows it in the cinema, and who knows where else, because things change on a daily basis. So for all we know, there'll be something else that we don't expect coming up soon. You can head over to our website, alltheanime.com, to get the latest information on our upcoming releases and already available releases. If you're on the social medias and you want to hit us up, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are all the anime. That's all the anime, one word. Put in the corresponding URL, put in the backslash, then all the anime afterwards, and you can hit us up on there. In terms of new releases and such this week, Anonymous Noise, the complete series, is available on Blu-ray to add to your collection. So if you're wanting a song that's got a bit of music, some drama and whatnot in it, which I have seen a lot of people saying that they're really enjoying the series, that is available to add to your collection right now. Now, in previous episodes, everybody, you will have heard us mentioning about never-ending man Hayao Miyazaki, because that was due to be released this week as well, that being yesterday, well, I say yesterday, it's Wednesday, wasn't it? So, on Monday, the 13th of April. But, uh, Andy, a slight snag has come up with that, which has meant that temporarily that is no longer available to order. Yes, so uh, basically, in spite of us receiving uh, check discs, which obviously we use, as the name suggests, to, to check that everything is okay before um, any release goes off to kind of final, you know, replication of discs, etc., discs, etc., et uh, it seems that the final retail stock has ended up with the incorrect region code on it. So uh, assuming you have a, a standard Region 2 DVD player or Region B Blu-ray player, unfortunately the disc will not play. Um, so obviously we have taken measures to make sure that that stock is quarantine with retailers so it's not available to order but of course uh, customers on our own store have probably already received their pre-order copies um, if so you will also have received an email with uh, with details of uh, of the issue um, and long story short we're we're gonna turn it around and, and fix the issue and get replacements out as soon as we can but obviously that will be a few weeks down the line so we will keep people posted as to dates and time frames and getting that sorted uh, as soon as we can Indeed, and if you've ordered it from another retailer, being completely straight up and honest with you guys, the chances are they probably actually haven't got any of their own stock yet due to recent, let's just call it like it is, Andy, due to recent mandates in terms of how certain businesses are operating and what they are fulfilling order-wise and what they're not. It's quite possible that many of the retailers it's available to order from haven't actually got their own stock of it yet. So chances are not a lot of people will have actually received the product yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if if you're sitting here listening to this and you haven't received your copy, then you're probably safe because you we will not get a defective one, most likely. And obviously, you know, you will get a correct copy, uh, which we, we are planning to have a different catalog number on, so that we can kind of like tell them apart ourselves, and and also to to help with with customers if they need as well. So uh, so yeah, we will we'll keep people on post posted about that. Obviously, apologies for the the inconvenience and issues but uh, these things always somehow may happen at the worst possible time like a, a pandemic plus easter is like the, the perfect storm of uh, of issues cropping up but uh, hey ho yeah you, you can't write this stuff and it, it, it's just gutting more than anything that's happened and again on behalf of everyone just apologies for any inconvenience caused and obviously if you are one of the people who has received one of those impacted copies so far from our shop like we said in the email that we sent out to people, or if you haven't seen that email yet, do check it, because we did actually send it out this past Saturday afternoon as soon as we became aware of the issue. Check the email. As we said, we'll be in touch accordingly. All going well before the end of this week to give an update on that. So don't you worry. We are going to sort this out. You guys will be taken care of on that front, so nothing to fear there. Yep, absolutely. So Andy, speaking of the weekend, we've not actually done a podcast since last Friday because we decided to actually give ourselves a day off for a change, and I didn't do one on Monday. So I guess as a quick touch base, how, how was your Easter? Uh, yeah, it was it was fine. Um, you know, it was uh, it, it was Bunny Day in the world of Animal Crossing. So um, what, what does that, that was... mean in the context of the game? Uh, then, aside from it being Easter, I mean, it, it means that the 
confounded like eggs that have been showing up everywhere have finally stopped showing up everywhere so i think most people are actually relieved that it was out of the way um but uh, but also notably in the world of animal crossing it was a fishing tournament and i kind of got carried away let's just say <laughs> no wait this podcast is not going any further you can't just leave us on that there was a fishing tournament yeah so there's there's like a seasonal i think it's like once every three months there's a fishing tournament which is basically like hey like you know catch fish obviously you can sell the fish and you know if you reach certain numbers of points which you know you get points for how many fish you catch you'll you'll get like awards basically and my competitive streak kind of kicked in and i ended up like catching 250 odd fish to get a gold reward which was kind of probably not the best use of my time but god damn it i was i was gonna i was gonna get that trophy (laughs) <laughs> the amount of people that have said that about video games in general for the past decade <laughs> when it comes to getting achievements or anything yeah it's just it's just a far more kind of like direct version of that when like you know you, you log into the game the next day and you just find your, your trophies in the mail I'm just like well then you spent way too much time <laughs> catching fish your t- trophies in the mail wait so because you can like display stuff and whatnot in Animal Crossing so can you display the trophy within the house that you made Oh yeah, I have because because I, I went all the way. Like I have the bronze, silver, and gold like fishing trophies, so I have them all lined up in my house. Yeah, like if, if anybody who knows my personal Twitter feed can go back and find me just like looking smug in front of a row of trophies, because why not? <laughs> So you've got your own trophy cabinet building now within the game. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's something you can, like, create that is just, like, a cabinet to put them in. Because at the moment, like most people in Animal Crossing, everything's just on the floor, which is, you know, just kind of <laughs> how most people roll because it's just a pain to, like, create lots of tables and things to put things on. I mean, you could argue that's also just a, a general representation of life. Well, yes, yeah, this is this is true. I mean, it's it's very much very much modelled on, on our office, you could say, where we just put things where, <laughs> wherever we find space. Uh, so aside from Animal Crossing, anything else in particular that you get up to over Easter? Um, just have a chill out like we probably uh, did. Yeah, I mean, nothing specific. I, I built a bench. I sat on the bench. The bench did not collapse under my weight. So like, I feel like I did a good job there. Um, I mean, in terms of, of other stuff, like non-anime stuff, um, I watched the Sonic the Hedgehog film because they put that up for digital uh, digital viewing early. Given I was going to say, that's come out quickly. I only saw it in the cinema, what? A month and a bit ago yeah yeah like i mean i think it's it's cinema run kind of got curtailed by by the the current events and obviously it kind of you know that they're, they're looking to, to claw some of that money back by putting it out as quickly as possible on on digital platforms so uh, mm. so that came out over over the easter weekend okay it's, it's quite interesting as well because i thought it did pretty well box office wise but i suppose without going too massively into spoilers for anyone that really doesn't want spoilers on the sonic the hedgehog movie uh, quick thoughts on it what do you think um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I was kind of surprised because, I mean, you know me, Jeremy, you, you know that I like to kind of critique films and look down my lorgnette at them and, and kind of like, that's not proper cinema. Um, and I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of expecting like to, especially somebody who's not really like big into Sonic, I was kind of expecting to, to be sort of nonplussed by the film perhaps. And it's a really weird one because kind of objectively looking at it kind of bit by bit, it's bad but actually like the experience of viewing it is actually really entertaining like it somehow manages to take a bunch of elements like the script isn't great there's a whole bunch of things that i could pick apart but like when you bundle them all together into that film it's a pretty entertaining kind of hour and a half or so that i actually had a pretty good time with it it is just being straight up it's far better than it actually should be but it's because they take every element of well, just every element of the film, they somehow maximise it to its fullest potential for the for like the quality of content that it is. And yeah, it's a really enjoyable film. And Jim Carrey, my word, if you are if you're a fan of Jim Carrey from say like him in the '90s when he was doing like Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, kind of almost the big slapstick over the top comedy, this will be catnip for you because this is Jim Carrey on fire. Yeah, I mean that that was weirdly one of the things that surprised me because I am not a particularly huge fan of like that era Jim Carrey. Although I, I still blame that on one of my best friends at the time who persisted in doing terrible Jim Carrey impressions throughout his kind of peak years. Oh uh, God. Which, which yeah, which probably ruined it for me. Um, but yeah, so I, I was a little bit kind of I was a little bit wary of that because that's not necessarily my thing. But like yeah, Jim Carrey just is absolutely kind of nails that role and kind of kind of makes the film. Like I think it would have been kind of more pedestrian had it not had him as the antagonist like it definitely adds an extra an extra something to it that i think that the film would have been kind of sorely lacking otherwise 
Yeah, the the comparison I I sort of make when it comes to how Jim Carrey came across in the film is a few years ago when Suicide Squad came out and Will Smith was dead shot in that. Will Smith just when you look at him on camera, he actually looked like he was having fun. Which sounds really weird, but I cuz I've got an acting background and stuff, there's when you when you sort of analyze or maybe overanalyze things, you can tell sometimes who is really like in the moment or who's really having a good laugh with it. Or you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. You can always tell when you know a couple of wrestlers are perhaps enjoying a match far more than they expected because the crowd is really into it to like a different level. Or you can always tell genuine feelings, and you can just tell in this film that Jim Carrey is genuinely having a great laugh with it, and it adds so much. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and it's definitely one of those things. Like I think we've all seen films where an, an actor that you either love or have seen a lot of, and you can just tell they're kind of phoning it in and that they're there for the paycheck. And I, I think that was people's worry. Like when he was cast for this film, it's like, is he really going to be into this? Like, why is he doing a Sonic the Hedgehog film? But yeah, I think exactly the fact that he'd been given a chance to like, hey, this is a chance to kind of go back to your heyday, if you like, for you know x amount of time how do you feel about that and he was clearly really into the idea of being able to kind of you know play one of those roles again and, and just kind of go go all out on it yeah because what i'm just trying to think what's like some of the other recent films that jim carrey did because the only other one that i can think of off the top of my head was he was in the second kick-ass film but then he was i then vaguely remember when he was promoting it he basically didn't want anything to do with it because he got annoyed about something yeah yeah i mean i guess yeah because like i think uh well i mean like the because i think about like the grinch movie but that was a long time ago now and like yeah so it's he's he's done a lot of stuff that has been you know kind of more serious roles for the most part so yeah like this this felt like kind of you know a, a very much rolling back the years i've just thought you know what i could just like, go on to imdb and just quickly look it up because why not so in fact, you know, he's actually not done a massive amount. He was involved in a TV series called Kidding, which admittedly I don't know, or maybe I'm just not remembering, but he was involved in that in a couple of years. Song the Hedgehog, Dark Crimes, don't know. The Bad Batch, don't know. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2, that was in 2014. So between 2014 and 2018, he basically had three film credits. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So yeah, he did sort of just go off the grid for a while, because before that, he was involved in loads of stuff. And in fact, I say Kick-Ass 2, that was 2013, apparently, so now I feel really old. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy <laughs> looking through these films and like realising just how long ago they were. So yeah, folks, if you want to go and see Sonic the Hedgehog, I say go and see it, if you want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, point, if, 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 you want to, if you want to sit on your sofa and see it, it is on all of the, uh, the usual digital platforms, I think, at this point. <laughs> I mean, if we're going sort of away from anime topics for a moment, I guess that I did watch something over the weekend, which I ended up watching far more than I thought, but just randomly, I was looking through Amazon Prime. God knows why, because it's really difficult to look through Amazon Prime to find something you want to watch. But I randomly came across... I was looking sort of for documentaries and stuff like sports-based ones. I just felt like being on the sports kick. And I came across a documentary series that Amazon either had produced or was funding, one or the other, about the German football team Borussia Dortmund. Huh. And it was sort of, it was just called Inside Borussia Dortmund and sort of enjoying football from around the world. I thought, ah, oh, you know what? This is relating to like a, a season or two ago. Why not? Let's give it a watch. And if you've, if you've watched the, the Manchester City like eight-part documentary series that they did a, a few years back, it's kind of like that, just set in Germany, but over four episodes rather than eight. And it's really good. It also goes into some, some actual German history as well and sort of the context of the place, just the area around Borussia Dortmund, like, or around the Borussia Dortmund, like, sort of stadium and its fan base and the culture. And they interspersed that really well, as well as putting across the ideals of everyone running it and how the club is run and, like, the players involved, who they bring in. And just in terms of, like, analysing it from a business development perspective, also a sporting perspective and a human perspective, it's just got loads of interesting elements. So if you fancy something a bit different and you're interested in football, it's definitely worth a watch. Hmm, cool. Yeah, and I, I think everybody has reached that point. Anyone who is a sports fan has now reached that point where they desperately need just some sport in their lives. Because, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely done some very different kind of hunts of, like, going down rabbit holes. Of uh... It's like there's a really fantastic Twitter account people have started linking to me that just has highlights from, like, random football games in, like, the 70s and 80s and stuff. <laughs> that sounds and, like the best Twitter account. And, yeah, and it's just great. It's also just, like, seeing, like, how... It's a reminder of how different football was there, just, like, the terrible pitches, etc., etc. But, like, there's something 
especially in this sort of sports barren time, there's something about just seeing like just some random goals from some like European quarterfinal in like 1976 or something is very, very appealing to me. Yeah, it, there, there is something at the moment, like, because for anyone who listening to this who doesn't know, like, I'm a crazy man in that I'm an Arsenal season ticket holder. And I only say that from a crazy point of view. One, because, yeah, it involves a lot of money, but it involves a lot of money, especially when you live in Glasgow and you're travelling to games regularly. Not right now, obviously. So with the kind of, you know, football season and just all sport just being on hold, I sort of just disconnected for a while, especially given that I don't know what the hell is going to happen with the remainder of my season ticket. But I just sort of thought, you know what, I need to just take a break from, from sport for just like a couple of weeks. And then, like I say, this past weekend sort of got the itch for it again and found that documentary. And it was just exactly what I needed. And it was something different as well. So I couldn't sort of connect with it on a very personal level. It wasn't relating to Arsenal in any way, except having to see clips of Tottenham doing well, which was very disheartening. But <laughs> I know, right? But but otherwise, it was, just, it was just something cool to watch and something different. And then I think after that, I ended up discovering that there was um what's that Sunderland documentary on Netflix Sunderland Till I Die there was like a new season of that and I just thought oh let's go and watch another season of Despair and it actually starts off on a slightly happier note which was a very refreshing change <laughs> but uh but now that anyway now, now that's the your non-anime minute out of the way everybody uh, <laughs> yeah so in terms of anime stuff admittedly I I didn't watch a lot of anime actually over the Easter weekend I just sort of had to just disconnect for a couple of days because to sort of peek behind the curtain a little bit from a job perspective, everybody, it's been a pretty busy time at, at our company at the moment, just sort of trying to get a lot of things off the ground, trying to keep things running smoothly, just trying to coordinate a lot of things. There's a lot going on, which admittedly has sort of drained my brain power quite a bit, so I just had to disconnect for a couple of days. But over the past sort of day or two since we've been back, I've, I've tried to get back into watching a few things. I'm not sure if you have, Andy, but... Uh, did you indulge in much anime over like well, since we last did a podcast? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely kind of keeping up with uh, with spring season stuff. There's you know new things still still coming online there. Like at the weekend, the first episode of season two of Kaguya Sama, Love Is War, cropped up. Like I'm a huge fan of season one, and always that slight moment of trepidation. Like, is this going to be too much? Is this going to be the point where it, it kind of jumps the shark? But no, it was fantastic. It made me laugh a whole lot, and it was it was much needed. Um, so that was that was really great, really good to see that series back. Um, and then the other new series that I checked out over the weekend, the first episode of, is is basically the, the series that I tried to sell to you the other day. Is like, how would you feel if they made a, a, an anime of wacky races? Oh yeah, I checked out the first episode of this as well. So this is this is good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah, I watched the first episode of uh, Apare Ranman, which uh, could could do with a snappy English title, but I guess there's probably no good localization of it. Uh, this is on on Funimation. Um, and basically, yeah, like this series starts in kind of like late 19th century America, but with a whole bunch of like weird and wonderful looking kind of car contraptions about to start on this race. And it's like it just you see a bunch of the characters, you see a bunch of the cars and like the two things that flicked into my head were Redline, which, to be honest, just flicks into my head on a regular basis anyway. <laughs> um, and uh, and Wacky Races. Um, and clearly that's going to be the thrust of the series at some point. Uh, but after tantalizing you with that, it kind of then goes into the backstory of, uh, of the, the main two characters, one of whom is this very kind of a pretty kind of stoic, straight laced, um, uh, effectively like dojo teacher called, uh, Kasame. Um, a, and a, then, a very, a very by the book character is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He plays by the rules. Like, you know, does, does everything by, by the, by the book. Um, and it's basically the story of, of him kind of running into, uh, the, the titular character, Apare, who is the exact opposite of that. He is kind of a maverick antisocial genius, uh, genius inventor who is constantly making contraptions. But also constantly getting him into getting himself into trouble, either with those contraptions or just his general lack of kind of social tact and nuance. Um, and the two of them basically stuff happens. Quite a lot happens, as it turns out, and they both end up in America come the end of the first episode. <laughs> um, but as leadings go, like you know, it's a really good intro to those characters. Like I already kind of like them both in their own ways. The, the general kind of, you know, wacky races esque feel that is hanging over things to come. I'm definitely on board with the setting is kind of really interesting when you compare it to that. Like I was, I sort of knew some of the basic broad strokes of this, but I was not expecting it to be kind of like 19th century America um, and, and 19th century Japan, as you kind of see in this first episode in particular. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's lined up a lot of, 
dominoes, and I'm hoping that it's just going to like knock the whole lot of them over over the forthcoming episodes because I'm I'm definitely on board with it at this point. Completely agree. Uh, when when you told me about the wacky races angle, it's just like. Yeah, I'm going to need to see this. I'm just curious <laughs> on a baseline level. And yeah, just that the opening the opening scene before the credits where it's sort of it, it's it's effectively starting a race and uh, I actually noted what the race was called because this is what I instantly knew I was going to like the show Andy when they said, "Welcome to the Transamerica Wild Race Big Boss Grand Prix." <laughs> it's just like the best name and it's and yeah, the different cast of characters, it, like you said, invokes a lot of red line, just the different style of character, the different types of vehicles that you see. And like, even like the soundtrack as well. The soundtrack really accentuates it, particularly for one character who I don't actually know if they named them, but he had like his own stereo pumping in the car. So it was a complete dichotomy from everything else going on. But the actual presentation of this show, like you say, starts in America at the beginning of the episode, which really intrigued me to begin with. And the fact that they said, I think it was the races from LA to New York, whoever gets there the fastest wins the prize. Yeah. Really, really simple. And it's like, right, I'm up for this. And then after the credits, they take you back to Japan. You're like, okay, I probably should have expected this. Let's see where this goes. And and the actual look and feel of the show, it, it's, it's wonderfully animated. It's by PA Works, right? It is indeed. It's, yeah, original by PA Works. Yeah, so it just the actual overall presentation is really, really well thought out. The character designs actually stand out to a, a big degree. In, in a setting like that era of Japan, you could argue that, you know, a lot of perhaps people could come across similar or maybe the, you know, the clothing of the time, depending unless there's different colorings and such, it might be difficult to accentuate that in a different way. But I actually felt for all the characters who had speaking roles in this episode, they actually all stood out in, in their own very unique individual ways, both with how they looked, but also how they sounded. And I thought that really added to the overall feel of just the area. Like, Apare, like you said, is someone who is a genius, very straight-laced, doesn't really care or play by the rules. It's very much one of those people you've seen, you've, you've either experienced in life at one point or you are aware of, who is just really freaking smart, doesn't actually use that genius, you know, to to their advantage, but can get by perfectly fine somehow. Just one of those people who lucks into everything. That's very much their character. And when you sort of look at their character design, and there's lots of like, it's a big combination of red and white, I think it was, a bit of some sort of face paint as well, and just the polar opposite of everything else you see in that Japan setting. It's really, really cool to look at. Yes, yeah, like the character design stuff is is definitely in- incredibly strong, and yeah, like I mean, it's it's one of those series where I, I guess that my one concern about it is that its kind of core concept like has so many directions it can go in that is it might be one of those series where kind of your your mind runs away with from what the series can actually achieve because you kind of think about you know like a a trans American race, you know, you've got all of these characters. This this is a series like you could you could imagine it in kind of days gone by of being like a hundred episodes or something and you know they visit a different place and have a different thing going on every week so I'm I'm really really interested to see what they're going to do with these characters and all of these other characters who have not really been kind of introduced properly yet and how they're going to kind of play off of one another and how all of this is going to sit together but like it's it's very very exciting like the, the possibilities of it so i'm i'm really keen to see what uh, what they're they're planning to to do with it yeah and i, I felt one of the the, the more unique elements because obviously you're sort of wondering okay how are we going to get to america and the way they actually get to america is very amusing especially yeah. from a time scale perspective in the context of the episode but the fact that quite early on when you when you end up sort of without trying to spoil too much here but when you you eventually see where Apare lives, and some of the stuff within that, it really demonstrates how much Western influence that there is in Japan with the new government in, which I think is actually a line of dialogue as well. And when there is like a book by Jules Verne there, what was it uh, from the Earth to the Moon? Was it? Yes. I yeah. Think. And when you right. see like a Jules Verne book, literally written in English on the cover in a Japanese anime, you sort of think, okay. There is potential for a lot to go on in this show. And I don't know if it's going to be very... Realistic is the wrong word to use, but I think you'll get what I mean when I use that word. Or is it literally going to try and go to the moon? Because there are a couple of very direct... Not references. Very direct... uh, They just basically point to the moon at one point. 
Like yeah. they, pretty, they, they literally just are trying to reach out to the moon. Like, are they going to go in that direction? Is that where we're going in this? Or is this literally going to be just aim really, really high? But no, you're never going to get to the moon. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, there, there are so many possibilities. And, and it is weird because, yeah, you've, you've got these kind of fantastical kind of uh, vehicles and over-the-top characters and stuff. But then you've also got this weirdly kind of grounded real world kind of you know, period setting and like how those two things are going to bounce off of one another. I'm, I'm very, very curious about. Um, and, and also as a very quick time to, to one of our own uh, titles, uh, the character designer is the same character designer as Charlotte had. So, Do you know what? I Now you mention that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I did I a quick... I really enjoyed Charlotte. Yeah, I, I did a quick look up because, yeah, like it definitely, there, there was a look to some of those characters that I felt was in some way like reminiscent of something I couldn't think what it was. And I guess Charlotte was maybe it. Mm. And what I will say as well is, uh, I mean, I, I say I'm, I'm assuming this, everybody. I don't know for a fact because obviously everything's in a flux right now. And I know Funimation is trying to do their best with getting any new dubbed content out, which fair play to them as well, it's got to be said. But I can, you can bet, Andy, that this is a show that may benefit tremendously from an English dub. Yes. They can nail it. Just based on this first episode alone, the idea of having this show with an English dub really, really gets me excited. Yeah, I mean, again, we were kind of talking on, on a podcast quite recently about sort of, you know, series that, that really suit an English dub and, you know, because they're they're set in, in you know, the US or wherever. And this seems like it's well-placed to be one of those potentially. So, yeah, interesting to see, uh, see how that comes out as well. Indeed, and the Pare Run Man is streaming on Funimation now. So you can check out the first episode, everybody. In terms of something I have watched, I've managed to watch uh, pretty far more than I expected over the past couple of days, actually. But uh, I'm actually going to sort of double back a bit on something that I talked about, Andy. When I say double back, advance the, the discussion, because I did check out a couple of episodes of things I have previously talked about, or the latest episodes, I should say. One of them being the next episode of Digimon Adventure 2020. Oh, yeah. How's that going? Episode two, mate. First of all, the animation quality of this show is mental good. <laughs> like I know I talked about it last week especially when because it's a Toei show and mentioning how good you know some parts of Dragon Ball Super's animation was utterly insane what they do in this episode of Digimon is it just it's so damn good and I'm just thinking this is episode two <laughs> like they can't keep this up surely <laughs> and in terms of the way that the story carries on because I mentioned at the, in, sort of in the last episode there was involving a battle inside the net and they sort of referenced things were going on in America and how were they going to get there. One of the things I was very curious of is it's entirely possible a lot of people, especially if they're watching this on TV in Japan, may just jump into this. Like, they'll just jump in maybe at, like, you know, they might just start at episode two and not try and go and find episode one. How are they going to get people up to speed and how much are they going to have to recap in order to then carry on? Because there are many examples of series of anime where it may have like a three or four minute recap before you actually get to the new content, which then realistically gives you about, what, 15 minutes of new footage? Arguably. And yeah. this is coming... I mean, the prime example in some cases is One Piece. As much as I love One Piece, one thing that they do pretty damn regularly is have really freaking long recaps <laughs> <laughs> before you actually get to the episode starting proper. So I was wondering how they were going to do that. And they... The best way to describe it is... They gave you literally the bare, the absolute bare minimum amount of information you needed, but maximized it perfectly. So the recap was about 20 seconds. Okay. And then you carried on and you were immediately in. But the way they did it was exactly all you needed to know just to go, look, just know that, carry on. Yeah, that's how, how, how recaps should be, basically. Exactly right. And you're... you're I almost felt rewarded for that as well as being a viewer. Even if I hadn't have seen the first episode, the fact it basically, it's so confident in what it's going to present to you that you don't need to worry about what you've missed. Yeah, well, I, th I think also it kind of feels like it's treating you like a grown-up as, as a member of the audience. Because sometimes series, when they go into, you know, very deep kind of several-minute recaps of what you saw, like, the week before, you know, it, it kind of feels like it's treating you like an idiot that was, has forgotten everything that you saw a few days ago. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I can I can keep up with this. Just just give me a brief pricey at best. Mm. In terms of the, the, where the story goes in this episode, it it's very much focusing on introducing... 
technically the second Digidestined member inside the internet that you that you found, which who they sort of teased very briefly at the end of the last episode, as, as well as the Digimon Gururumon, I think it's pronounced, who is a wolf who looks badass as usual, <laughs> and it sort of focuses on on Tai and and Ashida is the character's name having to sort of work together, and he's not entirely sure about Tai, and then he introduces him to their other to that other partner who's currently on a laptop by a train station whose name has just totally escaped me. Sorry, Digimon fans. <laughs> it's been a while. And it's just a really good way of building the teamwork together. But the other thing that this episode does so well, and I imagine this is going to work tremendously well in the series as a whole, and it's something I had, I think, I can't remember if I actually mentioned it last week in this context, but it's something I had forgotten about until I really had to think back about Digimon, is the way it puts just peril in general across is so damn good it's not just like a typical shonen show or a monster of the week show you know stuff that they can't get done is clearly going to have severe ramifications like in the world and there is an instance in this episode where you think oh you know yeah they're probably going to defeat the monster and it, it, it it's not going the way it is and something happens which arguably is like that's pretty damn big and you've thrown this into episode two of a kids show what the heck <laughs> yeah well i think it's, it's one of those things that it kind of it's why a lot of us fell in love with anime in the first place because even its kids shows like take on kind of deeper darker more adult themes than than kids tv has, has tended to do typically in in the west and uh yeah it's 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 one of those kind of enduring things that it's still nice to see when there are series that you you know their target audience is kind of younger than you but it's all dealing with themes that are kind of interesting to you yeah there is also one random well two random things that i noticed about this episode which i think now, I'm going to warn people, once I say this, you probably won't be able to unhear it. And it's going to drive you insane like it's currently driving me insane. <laughs> this is in relation to a couple of the voices that we've currently been introduced to in the show. The narrator of this Digimon show is the voice of Goku. Oh, okay, yeah, that's confusing. So all I keep thinking at the moment is, is Goku going to randomly stop by in Digimon? <laughs> I can't yeah. help but think it. Which, it's a Toei show, so it kind of makes sense. But the other thing is that the voice of Taichi, the main character, is the voice of Naruto. Yeah, okay. Even even weirder. So, not only am I kind of thinking, you know, is Dragon Ball Naruto going to cross over? Obviously not. But also, just whenever I kind of... If I say I blink and I hear a bit of that character's voice, all I can think is Naruto. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the problem sometimes with those characters. And once you hear it, then that's it. You're not gonna You're not going to unhear it. Yeah, but but then in that sense though, they actually both work very well. Like you don't hear the narrator speak that often, but it's just such a recognizable voice at this stage. Yeah, that you just go, "That's Goku, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Goku's voice above all others is yeah probably uh, you know not not the kind of thing that you're gonna gonna misplace or, or mistake for someone else. Exactly. So yeah, did you want episode two was just absolutely great once again. I I am definitely in this for the long haul, Andy. I can't wait to see how this develops further. Cool. So, uh, so what what else have you been watching? What's your next pick that you want to tell people about? Uh, my next pick is is one that I actually read the manga of a little while ago, and so I was kind of keen to to watch the anime adaptation which started airing this season. It's it's a couple of episodes in now, and uh, that is Wave Listen to Me. Uh, and given that I feel like I'm on a good run of like uh, selling people on series with a single sentence, this series starts with a woman fighting a bear, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is. <laughs> Which is a great, like, it's also it's also particularly funny because basically this is one of those shows where they know they want to get off to a strong start, so they pick something from later in the source material and dropped it in right at the front because this is like this is one of the things that even before reading the manga I'd heard about. You know, whenever you mention it, it's like, oh, doesn't like a character fight a bear or something at this at some point, um, and it's like, yeah, they've basically front loaded that in just to to grab people's eyeballs. Uh, basically, uh, because the actual series is, is, is not really about fighting bears at all. Um, it is about uh, a woman who is in her 20s, I think. Uh, she is just broken up quite acrimoniously with a boyfriend. Uh, she goes out drinking to kind of drown her sorrows, ends up kind of sitting with some guy at a bar who's like, oh, you know, just like ch talking, shooting the breeze. She goes off on this big long rant about her boyfriend and kind of how, you know, he... he 
messed her about, basically took a bunch of her money and kind of disappeared, etc., etc. It goes on this big, long diatribe about the whole thing. Uh, what she doesn't remember in her drunken haze is that she's agreed with the, the guy at this bar that he can record and, and use this rant however however he likes. And as it turns out, he works for a radio station and plays the entire thing on this local radio station. Um, huh. So she kind of goes to like basically stop uh, stop the broadcast because this is like a 25-minute rant that she goes on. And she basically turns up at the radio station like, yeah, sure, we can turn this off if you like, but we can't have dead air on the radio. Like if it's more than seven seconds, like we're basically all going to get fired. So if you want to stop it, you're going to have to take over this broadcast and just like shoot the breeze right here, right now on live radio. Um, and basically the, the first couple of episodes are really about and then kind of trying to tempt her into the, the world of radio broadcasting because she has an she has an interesting voice and she also just has this impeccable ability to just to just shoot the breeze and just talk off the hoof without stuttering or stumbling over her words or any of the things that, that all of us do when we're trying to talk into a microphone or otherwise. Um, and so she's kind of got this natural talent and so the, the, the main kind of guy who's the producer at this radio station is very keen to to try and find a way to to get her to, to leave her job at a curry restaurant and go and work in in radio um, and so it's an it's a really interesting series because all of the characters are older this isn't your typical kind of high school fair uh, the main character is is kind of great like you know she's She's kind of an idiot, but in the best possible way of like, you know, she's she's constantly messing things up. Just uh, <laughs> I like that. An idiot but in the best possible way. Yeah, it's like one of those characters who like is constantly kind of making a mess of things for herself, but you kind of can't help but love her for it because it's just uh, it, it's it's kind of it, it's just enjoyable to watch. Um but yeah, like it's it, it's an interesting series. Like, you know, I'm I'm I find radio interesting in general, so kind of a series based around that is kind of, you know, has me hooked in. Um, and, yeah, like, I'm, I'm really curious because, you know, I've only read the first one of the manga. I don't really know too, you know, too far where it, it goes moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's definitely, it's definitely a good pick if you're looking for something different this season. Like, it definitely stands out as, like, ah, this is, this is not like any of the other shows you're likely to watch this season. So, uh, so yeah, kind of worth a watch if, if uh, that takes your interest. And if not, just watch the first episode and see the main character fight the bear. And uh, speaking of... Um... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I can segue to that. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but I was just going to say, talk about things that maybe you, you want to give a chance on this season. Uh, to follow on what I was talking about last week again at this stage, I watched the next episode of Tower of God. Oh yeah, yeah. How's that shaping up? So if I recall, with the first episode, I enjoyed it, but there were a lot of things I had to try and get my head around. But one being the style of it, but also just kind of almost the lack of information and just kind of throwing you very much in at the deep end. I seem to recall that was what I was talking about. Yes, yeah, I, I think yeah. Like the general consensus was that this is really interesting, but there's a lot I don't know or don't quite comprehend yet. So hopefully, future yeah. episodes would make that clear. Well, this is the episode where they made you comprehend stuff. Ah. <laughs> and the thing from the outset that was really clear and something I didn't expect was the entire feeling of the show went on its head. Like it turned on its head, and it almost felt more comedic to begin with. Because last week, if you recall, I was talking about how it looks like we're about to get introduced to a crap ton more characters. I can't wait to see all the different sort of just things that are at play in this world. This very much establishes that. It establishes characters that are strong, weak, quick-witted, maybe potentially some devious characters in there as well. It really gives you a great preview as to the, just the wealth of characters that will be in this show. Including one which I think Andy may win the award for best name of the week. Okay, try, try me. <laughs> Rack Wraith Razor. Okay, that's that's a pretty good. That's that's a good one to enunciate. Right. <laughs> so, and who is just a giant lizard who keeps calling everyone turtle and just constantly wants to defeat the strongest person. <laughs> Fair enough. Exactly. Right. It's perfect. But then the way they then do this is they're sort of going. They're sort of carrying on the the story element that was established at the end of the show last week. Once that ends, it moves into the next section, and it's following on from that where we start to actually get questions about, like, what is going on? What is, like, an irregular, which was a term that was thrown around in last week's episode? And then also just establishing little 
little details, but in a very d digestible way that actually not only... What's the way to put this properly? It was done in a very digestible way that while at the same time it's setting, it's setting certain parameters, it also made you very clear about certain things to be aware of. And with with introducing you know a, a nice array of characters, that was it was just it was almost like the perfect dinner to give you. If you're thinking right, we need to give you a lot of information. We don't want it to just be an info dump for like two minutes straight where you're going to be overloaded. The way they actually presented you with the information was like a conversation. So there's an instance where two characters are talking, and one of them is going like, "Hey, like you know, just ask me some questions." And he asks him some questions while you're seeing other characters having to try and complete the task at hand. And it's just giving you info during that time. And it was a really easy way to establish these fine details that you, we're clearly going to have to be aware of going forward. But then at the same time, they throw in some teasers of other things up ahead that maybe we should be aware of. Or just little offhanded comments where you're like, wait, what? So it was a it was a very very good episode, but in terms of the like I say the feel and, and the direction of the show, it almost felt like a complete one eighty in terms of it being a tonal shift, which I wasn't against. It's probably what I needed actually following on from that episode last week. But if you're watching them back to back, I do wonder how much that may that may be a culture shock, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does sound interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this may well be a, a series that I end up kind of consuming either in big chunks or kind of all at the end. So, so maybe I will be able to uh, to report back in on that at some point. <laughs> but it's definitely worth a watch. And I will say as well, after talking about sort of the presentation and style of it, I've definitely adjusted to it now. I know it, it was something I mentioned a lot last week, but having a, a week to just sit on it, take it in, for episode two, it, I didn't have a single issue with it, or it, I didn't notice it as much. It's probably the way to put it, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that. That seems uh, that, that was kind of my feeling from what I had seen, kind of from the outside looking in, is that like, oh, you know, there's there, there's a style to this, but it's not, you know, maybe what you're used to. That it's just going to take a little little bit of adjusting to, which is is often the case with with that kind of series. And I will say now that if I, if I ever have to do a cosplay again, because people have told me I should do the Colossal Titan, I might have to do Rack Wraith Razor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just just so that you get to say the name a lot, to be fair, when people ask you who you are. <laughs> exactly, right? What great character name. So, um, well, Andy, we're gradually getting towards our allotted time limit for the day, as it were, just because we're all a bit busy, folks. Sorry. So um, how about we try and tackle one more show each? Yeah, sure. So w what's your next pick, then? Uh, yeah, so another one I'll, I'll talk about very quickly is um, I finally got around to watching uh, Psychopath 3 First Inspector, which is the film or three-episode OVA, depending on how you look at it. It's split into three episodes on Amazon, uh, which is basically the continuation of Psychopath Season 3, which is also on Amazon Prime. Um, and I... Somehow, even though it wasn't that long ago, I'd forgotten Psychopath Season 3 ended on a big cliffhanger. Um, and so <laughs> suddenly when I started watching this, like, oh yeah, this really important thing kind of happened and it was all about to kick off. Um, and so this is this is very much that. I mean, again, if I want a really snappy elevator pitch, it's kind of... Imagine if, if Psychopath did a Die Hard movie. Um, it's, it's Mate, kind... you've got to stop it with these one-liners. You've <laughs> got to stop of... this. I've only got so much time in the day. I know. I, I mean, unfortunately, you do need to watch all of Psychopath 3 to really kind of get what's going on here. But but basically, the entire kind of film effectively takes takes place in one huge building that gets taken over by what turns out to be kind of the, the villains of the piece. And so... And there's kind of a blend of just the more action oriented of kind of trying to regain control of this building and kind of, you know, put down all the stuff that is going on. And then there's also some deeper stuff around who is effectively the main character of Psychopath season three and kind of a bit more about their deal. And of course, like the civil system itself and so on and so forth. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. Like Psychopath three as a whole is, is really weird in some senses because it, it it takes it goes in some directions that I would, was not expecting that franchise to go in, and I'm still kind of a little bit on the fence of like this maybe isn't exactly the psycho pass I was looking for, but at the same time it's still pretty compelling in its own right. So I think once you put your preconceptions aside of what you think a psycho, a psycho pass series or film should be, it actually works pretty well. Um, but it's just again it's. It's, it's very much another different direction. Like they, they deliberately sideline Akane for the entire kind of season three arc. And then, and then literally at the end of it, kind of like 
let her back out into the world effectively and be like, okay, this character is potentially in play again now. So I assume they will return to her story at some point. Um, so it's a really interesting kind of way of, of handling things. Um, but yeah, like it's a, it's a good movie. Like it's all, all, all three part series, depending on how you look at it. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it worked pretty well. Like it, it entertained me. It had, it had just the right blend of all of the right elements. It goes a little bit deeper into some of the kind of machinations going on kind of really sort of behind the scenes of the world within Psyche Pass and kind of some of its politics and economy and, and so on and so forth, which is, has been quite interesting. And yeah, like to, to cap off Psycho Pass 3, it was it was a good way to, to finish things off and potentially kind of like draw a line under certain things for, for whatever the next chapter is. So when it comes to, I guess, to Psycho Pass currently... Are both Psychopaths 3 and this that you've been watching both on Amazon? Yep, it is all on Amazon Prime, so you can watch the the entire thing. Like, I think the only thing that is currently unavailable, effectively, um, well, I mean, I suppose, like, Psychopaths 2, in terms of home video and stuff, is strange. Um, But the the only thing that is currently kind of unavailable here in the UK, really, is uh, the Sinners of the System films, which are kind of, which are kind of side stories, really. There are some elements that are kind of nice to know in terms of Psychopaths 3, but it's not absolutely kind of required viewing. But, uh, yeah, all of Season 3 is available. Awesome. I mean, I'm a big Psychopaths fan myself, so I might have to try and give that a, a check if I ever get time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well worth a watch if, if you're a fan of the franchise. So the final thing I'm going to talk about, Andy, because I was checking this out on Crunchyroll last night, actually, is I ended up watching the first two episodes of Princess Connect Redive. Okay, that sounds like an anime title. <laughs> So I, I went into this blind, not knowing what it was about. I just saw it was new and thought, yeah, sure, why not? Let's see what we get. And the way the show begins is... The only way I can describe this is what appears to be some some woman who's got a lot of move, literal moving parts next to her, seemingly trying to fix herself, who is saying some dialogue because a guy who is laying on some kind of table or bed who looks like, I guess, has been injured or something... This person turns around and effectively says, Ah, I see you're awake. You might be wondering, who the heck are you right now? But don't worry, you're going to be just fine. I'm going to send you to to another place where someone will take good care of you while I fix myself. And then he gets whisked away to another part of whatever this world is. And that is literally your opening scene, at which point I just thought, Oh no, is this like a sequel to a show I don't know about? Because when you have the name like Re-Dive in it, I suddenly thought... Ah, uh, have I jumped? Have I like jumped into a massive like pit of snakes that I'm not aware of? Turns out I might have done, but hopefully no. <laughs> because where this then ends up is you're introduced to a character named Kokoro, who is like a young young lady sent by Ameth, who it turns out is the person who sent the guy away, to be the quote unquote guide of Yuki, which is the name of the bloke who looked very confused. It turns out that Yuki has got complete amnesia, but seemingly in this world, which is kind of a very kind of isekai, sort of power-based, trapped-in-another-world type type style world, I guess is the way to put it, but it's not expressly given to you that way. It turns out that Yuki has got amnesia, but seemingly was really freaking powerful before he got amnesia. So they kind of tease the fact that while Ameth has got to try and, like, sort herself out, Kokoro is going to take care of you. But Kokoro is like a complete novice to this. So some of the early comedy is surrounding the fact that she says she's going to protect Yuki. And then some wolves who look like they've seen better days come up and basically just whoop his ass and start dragging him away. And she's got to go and rescue him. So a lot of the comedy is just kind of situational based, particularly around the fact that Yuki has got no memory. And then we get introduced by what I would probably best describe as a a very busty lady who's got a lot of strength. And she's a bit of a klutz, but in a really good way. So she appears to be a princess with insane strength, but is an utter klutz at the same time. <laughs> so there's some very nice comedic elements in that. And then in the second episode, you're introduced to another character who I guess is a bad... I guess is, a, is an antagonist, but is also a protagonist and is kind of sort of unsure what direction they want to go in. But... The thing about this world is it's very much you're discovering a lot of things with the characters and they sort of tease some things that clearly are going to come into play later, but it's very, very situational-based comedy. 
So it might be, for example, I mentioned it's a bit like an isekai trapped in another game type style world. You do have to go to like a quest board and get some quests to earn some money. So the example in episode one is Yuki and Kokoro need to go and collect some mushrooms because, you know, chefs need mushrooms to cook food with. And where they end up going, it turns out there are almost like demon mushrooms. Okay. And stuff like that. And a lot of the comedy is surrounding that and how the the very busty lady who is, uh, who is given a nickname, which I won't spoil because it, 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 it sort of has relevance to the story in the context of that episode. But... They sort of meet her. She's really freaking hungry. That's basically her gimmick is that she's really freaking strong. But if she's hungry, she's like, uh, she's, she can't do anything. It's basically like Goku. But Yeah, but. I was going to say that, that typical anime kind of thing. Exactly. So a lot of it is situational based comedy. And then they sort of throw in some random curveballs. And it's just, you know what? it's just fun. You know, sometimes there's a show you just want to put on and just be entertained. It's got a lot of vibes of Konosuba but not in that very direct way of, it, of that is literally you being trapped in a new world. Yeah. Yeah, so if you want something in, along that vein, I would definitely say give it a watch. The first two episodes out, I really enjoyed them. If I can keep up with it every week, I'm certainly going to try. So give it a watch. Cool. It, it feels like we're having a pretty good season this uh, this spring thus far. Like Even though a few titles have been delayed, etc., etc., I feel like you know I've got a good solid basis of like, oh, this is stuff that I think I'm going to enjoy week on week, which is, is nice to see. Yeah, and when you think of titles that we've also, you know, brought up last week, for example, but we haven't touched on again this week, like, I want to watch the ne- next episode of a Diary of My Days at the Breakwater, I just haven't had time yet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, there's definitely kind of, you know, this this is not my busiest season ever for anime, which probably says more about how much anime I watch than anything else, but, like, there's definitely, like, I feel like everything that I've kind of picked up is is interesting or, or a potential winner, so uh, it's, it's always always nice to see. Indeed, and I think on that note, everybody, we're going to have to now bring this podcast to a close, but when it comes to our next episode, which will be available on Friday, it's actually not going to be a watch-along episode. We were sort of having a chat earlier this week, and partly because we wanted to sort of just take a week break on it, because we enjoy doing it, but there's a lot of prep work involved as well. We, we also had the opportunity to uh, to invite Jonathan Clements back on the show, so it will be Jonathan joining us on Friday to talk about a couple of things, including maybe a few topics that were mentioned during our Escaflone episode as well, so we can follow on from a few bits of those. But if you do have any questions or perhaps potential topics you would like us to try and tackle with Jonathan, feel free to send them over via Facebook, Twitter, you can DM them if you prefer and such. Use that tag ask all the anime i nearly forgot the own, my own tag there andy that's not a good sign <laughs> but you can use the tag ask all the anime and we will endeavor to get through to them as as many as we can or if there's any particular topics we feel that would be really strong ones obviously we'll get to those as well andy before we wrap up any additional information that we should share that we may have crucially forgotten about uh no i think we have covered everything good stuff everybody from myself jeremy Graves, from him mandy hanley we've been team all the anime signing out and speak to you soon bye everyone